weekday. The Morning Drive, FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Another one bites the dust. Are you playing that for any particular reason? No, no, honest, I'm not. <laughs> it we, just comes up. We are back on the morning drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Monday morning. And joining us online is Lieutenant Governor of the State of Vermont, Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. Uh, how are you both doing this morning? Glad you made it in safely. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're doing well. Uh, you getting some snow at the farm? Yeah, it's snowing outside. Good, you know, big flakes. We'll see if it causes everyone trouble with uh, power and all that around the state. But, um, you know, I'd rather the rain yesterday was snow, too. You know, when it's a mix, it just just makes a mess. And when it's snow, it just makes things, I think, a lot lot prettier and a lot better economically. But, you know, no, now it's snow. It's good. I'm with you. Driving home last night, uh, it was pouring rain, and it was so dark. And I was like, I wish it would just start snowing. That would just... It would change everything because it was just nasty. What kind of oh. weather do you need on the farm? What's what's good weather for you on the in terms of the farm? <laughs> Is there anything? Well, you know the uh, the mangoes aren't growing so great right now. But uh, <laughs> Is there yeah. anything though that makes a difference or not in the winter? Uh, you know, if it's really muddy from rain in the winter, that can be pretty nasty. But um, no, I mean at, at this point, deep cold can be tricky just because water freezes for the animals, and that just means some extra work, whether it's you know, electric water heaters, but they don't always work, or whether it's uh, bringing out buckets of hot water. But, um, you know, if it's a lot of snow, it's there's work on the high tunnels. Those, like, uh, they look like greenhouses. They can't take more than, you know, if it's a big, heavy, wet snow, I'm going to be walking inside those with a broom, like a broad brush broom, and gently pushing up on the plastic to get it to slide off. Because if you get too much weight accumulation, those things can collapse. You've probably seen that sometimes. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, so, definitely. You know, big, heavy, wet snow is not ideal. So after this call, you know, I'm going to head over to the farm, out to the to those, and check them out, and you know, get let the animals out and see what they think because they haven't seen a whole lot of snow yet this year. So it's always a new thing, especially for the younger animals. But um, I'd say the worst thing is big, heavy, wet snow. Otherwise, you just deal. You know, it's just, farming. Just let you the deal with what comes. Just let the pigs go. Let them out. <laughs> oh yeah. Take down the fence and see what happens. Yeah, just go right I ahead. say just let them go. Well, I got <laughs> I got to tell you, Kurt. Uh, sometimes good fences make good neighbors, especially if you're a farmer. <laughs> well, my thing about letting them go is just because I don't want to know how those packages get in the stores with the oh. cell phone over them. I don't want to know what happens to get those yeah. packages there. I I know people name their pigs all kinds of things. Some are like ham and cheese, and some are you know various oh. things like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I have a friend who names all of hers, and then after when they come back from the the the, the slaughterhouse, she knows them all, and she's like, "Yeah, this was this one." Because and I'm like, uh, "More power to you." I said on the store a while back, Dave, that when I was a kid, my, I had an uncle who had didn't have a farm. He had like a barn. He had like a couple of cows, and I there was one cow that I named on my own, Brownie. Really, you know, oh. I really yeah it was. Yeah. Sure. Unique name, probably brownie. a brown cow is my guess. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> all of a sudden one night we were eating and I was informed that we were eating brownie. And I was yeah. not happy. I was not a happy child at that point. Well, it's interesting raising a kid on a farm. Uh, when we first started, we didn't have uh, pigs when we first moved out to Hansburg. We had chickens. 
And uh, at that time, we didn't process them ourselves. We had a mobile unit come to the farm. And my daughter was maybe two and a half or three, and I had her on my hip. And I said, well, I'm going over to the guy who's doing the chickens. I said, you can watch if you want, or if you don't like it, just turn your head into my shoulder and just let me know, and I'll walk away. And, you know, for her, it was, uh, she just watched it. She was curious about the whole process. She didn't have a lot of words yet about what it was, and she didn't say go away. But every kid's different. You know, some kids grow up on farms, and they never want anything to do with it, which actually, as a whole, my daughter's not particularly interested in farming as a career, but she's also not... um, overly grossed out by it. I will say the the sows and the boar that we tend to have for many years, they get names, and, and it's a little bit sad when they go off. Uh, but the, the smaller pigs that we raise for meat in seven or nine months, we don't name them, and uh, it isn't we don't get as emotionally attached to them. Now, Dave, we've got some calls coming into you, so callers, hold on for just a minute, because I just want to start out asking you, Dave, you were a state representative in Burlington, represented a district in Burlington for many years. Yep. So I want to get your quick comments on the uh, Democratic caucus yesterday. We now know that the stage is set for Emma Mulvaney standing on the progressive side versus Joan Shannon. We don't know if other candidates will emerge of consequence, yep. but your thoughts on uh, on how it's set up right now. Well, you know, I think it's going to be a fascinating race. Uh, Joan, I, I don't want to speak too out of turn, but I think if you looked at C.D. Madison and Karen Paul and Joan Shannon, Joan is probably the most moderate, I would maybe conservative of the three. Um, and so that opens up a little more of a lane uh, for uh, Emma. On the other hand, you know, we were talking before the show, don't know if there's going to be a Republican in the race. Probably not. Um, so that opens up a lot of room for Joan to have a strong support from moderate Democrats and Republicans, which combined is, is certainly a pretty big section of, this, of the city. Um, so I think it's going to be a fascinating race between, uh, between the two of them. Uh, Emma's a really good organizer, and she's also got legislative experience as well as city council, so they can't sort of, uh, one can't say, well, this person's never served in office or anything. So um, they both have track records, and uh, they're both smart, uh, you know, so I think it's going to be a fascinating race to watch. Do you think that you will make an endorsement? And I know you don't live in Burlington, but you're the lieutenant governor, and certainly you've been asked many times over the years to make endorsements. You think you will? Do you think you will be making an endorsement in the race at some yeah. point? Well, I'm going to take a look at it a little bit more. Honestly, was uh, waiting to see what the whole field was going to be. Um, I've honestly, the last few weeks, well, really all this year, we've been shorthanded on the farm, so I've been doing a little more on that than I had planned. Um, so I've got to got to look it through. But um, you know, I know I know them both. Uh, I respect them both. I, you know, my politics are closer to Emma's for sure. Uh, and so, you know, I'm going to be looking at that pretty closely. All right. There you go. You heard it here. All right. Let's go to the phones. Uh, good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning. Hey, did you happen to see that picture I sent you this morning? A picture you sent me this you morning? Did you uh, sent to the lieutenant governor? governor? No. Okay. Well, I, we're, we're talking to I the lieutenant to governor. I to find out if the lieutenant governor could shed some light on this. Um, Friend of mine uh, bought a. Uh, okay, uh, I, lost, I lost his call, but I can tell you what it is, Dave. I yeah, just I was having a hard time up. hearing it. So there's a a fee uh, when you buy paint in Vermont, and um, I know that there's been a, a can fee. Yeah, okay. it's a State of Vermont Paint Care PTQT fee. It was uh, forty nine cents on this particular uh, one, but I know that there's a. 
there's a fee when you buy paint in Vermont um, okay. for the cans, and I just I it's been there for years. Um, are you are you aware of that? I hadn't been closely aware of it. I just know paint costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bought paint this summer. I was like, holy moly, a can of paint's like 65, 75 bucks instead of 30, 35 like it was just a few years ago. But yeah. I, I did not know about a fee. Yeah, there's a, I think if you buy a full gallon, there's a $5 uh, fee uh, in Vermont hmm. now. Uh, it's a, okay. for a recovery fees, I, I think is what it's called. Uh, sure. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, Dave, could you tell us all what a good job Joe Biden's doing again so we could all have a good laugh? I think we could use some hilarity now. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, I have not uh, looked at their exact record, but it is interesting. I think a lot of things are, are surprisingly in context. Uh, when you look at popularity of, uh, not popularity, but when you look at surveys on the economy and people saying, is the economy doing well or not under this president? Uh, when the Republican is president, Democrats say no, and Republicans say yes. And when uh, Democrats president, Democrats say yes, and Republicans say no. And it, it just goes to show how much it's more about emotion and philosophy of whether you like the person than it is about uh, statistics. There were aspects under Trump where the economy was certainly improving uh, quite a bit. Uh, and in fact, if you look at the metrics, the, uh, the the growth under Biden is doing well. You look at inflation; it's actually, while it's still really hard, it's the lowest of all first uh, world first uh, country first world countries or whatever you want to call it, uh, North countries, whatever term people want to use. Uh, so, you know, interest rates are coming down. Uh, excuse me, infl- uh, inflation's coming down. Unemployment is good. So, you know, I think the numbers are there, but the reality for a lot of people is bills are still hard. Housing is really too expensive. So I'm going to answer you that it's complicated, and that's what it always is. But everyone likes to boil it down to simplicity, and I think that's one of the problems in politics right now is both social media and commentators and and voters as well. A lot of people, we just think good, bad, instead of uh, really looking at the details. And I'll just give you some numbers uh, when you're talking about polling. 81%, the latest poll on the economy says, Registered voters said the condition of the U.S. economy was either fair or poor compared with just 19% who said it was good or excellent. And let me yeah. tell you what, that can't even be a great number with Democrats if it's, no, eight, when it's no, 81%. Absolutely, but it, 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 those numbers are terrible. Uh, and the reality is people are really struggling. I would say the cost of housing is really first on people's minds. On the other hand, I think there was a poll about the economy where consumer confidence has been increasing and improving over the last few months. Uh, and so the other piece, and I'm not projecting which way it will go, but anybody projecting the, the election a year from now, when there's nine more months of the economy either improving or not, uh, I think is too early to tell that people like to prognosticate this early, and that's a fool's errand. Uh, you know, if they start dropping interest rates a little bit, that will change some of the outcome. There's no doubt the housing situation won't be resolved in nine months. I was at a lieutenant governor's conference last week, and we had uh, someone from the Home Builders Association talking about affordable housing, and he said the projected rate of home building is you know, about a million units a year, uh, but we need about 1.4 million units a year, and it's going to take about six to seven years to catch up. So those things are going to be tough on, on Biden, um, but the jobs and economy – It'll be interesting to see which way that goes. Right now, it's on the the positive trajectory. 
whether people feel it is another matter. All right, well, we're going to take a quick two-minute break. Uh, we're talking to Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman, of course. You can join the conversation, 888-414. For local talk weekday mornings, the Morning Drive, News Talk, WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we have online Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman. Dave, um, I want to hear you talk a little bit about... I. I know the the shooting of three young 20-year-old Palestinian Mm. individuals was uh, such a horrific event. Uh, One of them could be paralyzed for life. Hopefully not, but certainly it's very concerning. Uh, Can you talk about that a little bit? And also, though, I know the legislature now is going to be considering uh, legislation that will make it easier to charge people with hate crimes. Have Have you heard about that? And what is your thoughts on that initially? Well, a few things. Uh... One, I think what I had heard is, um, I believe there was discussion around the fact that the hate crimes uh, charge or was adjusted a little bit in the, either the last year or the last couple of years. Uh, so we're going to see how that works its way through, at least at this case. But I, I hadn't heard whether or not they'd be bringing it up uh, again this time. And I think it's around the enhancement, right? So, um, and how easy or hard it is to get the enhancement uh, tacked on to whatever the underlying charge is. Uh, I, you know, I think that's always worth reviewing. Uh, it clearly, you know, I thought, um, I know not a lot of fans of Sarah George on this show, but um, I thought she addressed it well in the moment in that as a prosecutor, you've got to wait to see all the facts. So you can't just say it is this or it isn't that. Um, but it certainly was hateful uh, regardless uh, whether it was then a hate crime. Uh, and I don't know much about what they're finding on his social media and other feeds. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line is, you know, these three people's lives have been impacted forever. I thought it was incredibly tragic that, you know, a family that lives in Gaza, you know, said, hey, you'll be safer in Burlington than you are here. And and now this, you know, these kids have been all uh, shot and their lives changed. You know, one maybe physically for life, but all of them, uh, you know, psychological trauma for life. Um, it, it is I know everyone out there, no matter what political persuasion, just knows that that's that's a horrible thing. We don't we don't historically have shootings of of multiple people in, in at once in Burlington. We've obviously seen an increase lately of gun violence, which is horrible. Um, it, it's just tragedy, is what it is. And and I spoke at one of the events um, about how I just really feel we we immediately jump on one side or another of the international situation in, in Israel and Gaza and West Bank, when most of us don't know enough about it, to be perfectly honest about all the history. But, uh, but the cycle of history is harm uh, leads to pain, and pain leads to anger. Anger then often leads to more harm. And it's a cycle that we just, you know, as humans, we've got to figure out how to break out of that because it just doesn't you know, lead to anything positive. You know, Gandhi, an eye for an eye just leaves both people blind. And that's, uh, it, it's just a tragedy, of course. All right, we got some calls for you. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Dave. Um, just morning. listening to your explanation about the economy and how unaffordable things are, you know, give you an example. You cannot find a dollar menu at McDonald's anymore. People that can afford that, cannot find that thing. And then 
I just saw the other day the most vehicle, that, the most expensive vehicle you could ever buy is a shopping cart. Have a good day. <laughs> shopping cart. Uh, no, I appreciate that. You know, those those are good memes to, to reflect the reality. Uh, food has gone up. Uh, just about everything has gone up. Housing, I mean, you look at the houses that used to be 250000 and they're suddenly four hundred and twenty-five, five hundred, and things that were 600 and now over a million. I mean, it's the prices are ridiculous, and, and some of it is, you know, people who are profiteering. You know, my, my spouse actually really enjoys, for some reason, going on Zillow and looking at properties out there in the world. You sort of dream and think about what you, you might move into someday. And there are properties that are flipping, you know, three and six months later for double the price. And I, I just think, you know, some of the people that are doing that are gouging the heck out of the market. Um, I've been saying that, uh, you know, if New York or, or Boston loses 10,000 people, it's like an eyelash. But if 10,000 people move to Vermont, it blows everything up. And we are seeing, in fact, one of those statistics uh, a week ago at the state joint fiscal office update for the legislature, they said that property values in Vermont in the second quarter went up at a higher percentage than any other state in the country. And, you know, granted, some of our prices started lower, so a percentage is, is a metric. But we have the, tw- the twin-edged sword of a huge population with resources within a few-hour drive. And from the pandemic, from climate, although with the flooding last summer, you wouldn't necessarily think maybe Vermont's as good as it supposedly is going to be with the climate. Uh, and with some politics, people moving here from Florida and some other states, I know people talk about Vermonters moving to Florida, but it goes both ways. Uh, we have a lot of demand here, and um, it's going to be tough to keep up with that. Uh, and that's from the shopping cart to the house. Uh, and we were talking about price of tires <laughs> while we were on break. Uh, things are more expensive, no doubt about it. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I'm sure everyone's going to just blame Biden. That's fine if people want to do that. But there's, there's global issues. There's local issues. Um, there's factors all the way around, around prices going up, and it's really hard on a lot of people. And as Art Wolf, the economist who was on our show not too long ago, said and reminded us is that even when you start saying inflation is begin- beginning to ramp down to more reasonable numbers, prices, it doesn't, still go up. prices are still at that level that they have gone way up through the roof at. And now yep. it's slowed down, but people are still seeing crazy high prices. Yeah, yeah the prices are, are unlikely to decline. Most people get pretty upset when there's a recession and prices of their properties go down. So I don't know that people want that to happen. Well, they don't want their house um, prices, but they like to have the prices of bacon and and all the rest of things go back down a little. Yeah, I didn't know you loved bacon so much. But, yeah. I do. um, I just don't want to know how uh, I got there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the other statistic, supposedly, and, you know, every person is different than the averages, is you want wages to go up faster than inflation. Right. right. That's when people start to feel better. Right. Uh, and I believe that that turned recently. Now, it doesn't mean people are feeling it because you still got the, the high inflation of the last couple of years um, that, you know, it's going to take a long time for people to catch up. But that's that's the long term ratio you want is is uh, prices to go up slower than what everyday folks are getting paid. Uh, historically, you know, we're not seeing that much anymore because a lot of a lot of larger businesses want to see their dividends go up more and they they hold the line on wages but when you see the the folks working the auto lines you know getting good wage increases and uh you know i can tell you on my farm i can't find people for the wages i used to pay like wages are going to go up uh, and that's 
hopefully going to help people out. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox News. Uh, Rich has got the headlines for us. we got the local forecast, and we'll be back after the break. We're talking with Lieutenant Governor uh, Dave Zuckerman uh, and Mackenzie. Informed with your community. The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Monday morning. And online with us is the Lieutenant Governor for the State of Vermont, Dave Zuckerman. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open, as always, 888-414-0303. And let's go to it. Good morning. You're live on the Morning Drive. You want to raise our property taxes, 20%. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, Dave, Okay, the legis yeah. the the new legislative session is now less than a month away. It's not. It's right after the holidays are over. They're back at it. You're back there yeah. in your office. Uh, give us a preview of what you think are going to be the biggest issues. Well, well, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, related to what the caller was calling in about uh, that that number that came in has actually nothing to do with what I want or anybody else wants. Uh, it is helpful when people. Um, if I can help inform people about how it works a little bit rather than... And, and this is the December 1st letter from the tax commissioner that suggests right. that with all the data that he's got about the proposed tax increases potentially or spending across the state right. that he thinks it could result in an 18.5% property tax increase. Right. So there's, there's a, a legislative directive to the tax department to say, hey, what do you, what do you think is going to happen... Uh, and the reality is there's a long way off before that number uh, comes to fruition. In fact, it's never, as far as I know, never ended up at that number. Uh, but it's, it's based on very preliminary numbers before even a lot of the school boards have put out what their you know, full process and, and projections are going to be. Uh, and so they look at where their savings are uh, and put a budget in front of voters in March. So really it's what voters want because it's how much voters uh, want to fund the education of the kids in their respective towns. That all comes together at a statewide level. Uh, and so that's what that projected rate is. So um, I know a lot of folks don't vote for the budget. Generally, people do vote for the budgets. Uh, and it's not that people want their taxes to go up, but they want to make sure our kids get the investment in them that they should get to, uh, to hopefully be good, productive folks on the other end in our society. Um, but I'm sure that will be one of the top issues. There's no doubt a number like 18% was eye-popping for everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter what your politics are. Nobody wants taxes to go up 18%. So that'll be a big topic. I think housing will continue to be a big topic, probably looking at what the impact already is on from, uh, I think it was S100 was the housing bill last year that really uh, transformed some of the local zoning with respect to how many units could be built on properties. Uh, and so... You know, if people are starting to take out more filings for, you know, housing construction, of course, our biggest challenge there is labor. Uh, not, that's not a surprise to anybody uh, in terms of builders. But, um, you know, I think housing will be a big topic issue. I know energy is still going to be an issue. The, the climate, you know, whether people want to talk about it or not, uh, you know, 25 years ago, that rain last night would have been snow. You know, it just would have, on average, it would have been a few degrees colder. And uh, that, you know, whether people, again, like it or don't like it, snow is a big economic driver for Vermont. Uh, maple is a, you know, big economic driver for Vermont. 
I think and what so they, um, you I don't mean to interrupt you, but I think what a lot of people find frustrating is I don't think we disagree uh, on that. Uh, the problem is we we just don't want to bankrupt the, our Vermonters, particularly our rural Vermonters. When what, what, what's 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 the overall impact? I, I don't disagree. I don't think anybody uh, thinks that it isn't changing. It's just we can only move at a certain pace, and I think that's a big sure. fear, of folks. Well, I, I think that's fair, uh, but ultimately, you know, things go from the bottom up, right? If if people show that they want to either make individual adjustments or society-wide adjustments with policies uh, to address both the present and the future, uh, then those policies work their way up the ladder. And you're seeing it in states all over the country uh, and in federal policy and even international policy as the COP28 conference uh, is underway and, and moving along. Uh, the, the, it used to be that the impact was something that was happening in the future. But when you look at the cost of the last summer's flood on our businesses and on jobs and on people's lives and their houses, you look at that same cost 12 years ago from Irene, uh, you know, if people want to say, well, the cost isn't that great, I, I don't know what planet they're living on uh, because people's jobs and, and livelihoods were completely wiped out by, by both of those storms. And those are only expected to get more frequent. So, you know, what are the adjustments we're all able or willing to take? And then the other thing is, as policy, we can make it so that that cost is less on working people uh, if people are willing to talk about how those things are paid for in a progressive way. Uh, but because people just put all taxes in one big lump, they say no taxes no matter what. Well, that's when your fees and your splinter costs go up. And people have seen that because we've had a no tax, no tax, no tax mentality. So whether it's environmental fees or whether it's uh, registering your car, your license plate, your fishing license, your hunting license, it costs money to run government. And uh, so those are going up because people won't talk about progressive taxes. But Dave, what do you think should, what do you think the legislature should do? Will you use your role as lieutenant governor in some way to advocate with this 18 and a half percent? We know it can change, obviously, as you indicated. But right. what, what should the, should the legislature pursue some things to ratchet it down? Uh, do you think it needs to be ratcheted down by school well, boards reigning in spending across the state? Chap Smith was on the show last week and he suggested that school boards are going to have to ratchet their increases down. He predicted if they don't, a lot of budgets this year will go down. Yeah, no, I think that's certainly possible. And then the question is, what do you do to ratchet it down? You know, which which uh, classes don't get offered? Uh, what what uh, programs for kids that are struggling get cut? What uh, gifted children programs get cut? You know, do you, do you cut the, the AP classes that are the ones that help our most uh, gifted students? Um, excel to then, you know, move on to create the next great invention. So, yeah, they need to look at the budgets. I will say, when I first got elected uh, back in 16, uh, and I finally got a chance to meet with the governor in the summer of 17, I said, let's look at how we are also running the, the systems at the state level. Let's look at our human services budget. Let's look at our education budget and spending. And where are we working with the same kids in, duplic in duplicative ways. And I guarantee that's happening. And, you know, all the kids in the state are in our schools, and you know a good chunk of those kids are in families that are also 
in our human services uh, system one way or another, uh, families getting support and so forth. Why we don't work to blend those two aspects of those two agencies and our spending is mind-boggling to me. And I brought that to the governor five years ago, and he chose not to take it up. So I think it's a combination of everything from local spending. It also is a combination of the programs we want to have in our schools and finding that balance, which is a local decision, and it's an issue at the state level. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman. Hi. Yeah, I'm listening to you talk about the school budget and whether or not people have an appetite for uh, passing them. Well, one of our big problems, you know, as a school board member, I sat in through budget meetings for a number of years, and 80% of our budget we have absolutely no control over. That is controlled at the state level. Um, you know, and in part of that cost is health care. It's going up 16% this year. Uh, private business, you know, the health care they provide does not is not going up 16%. Um, the other part, too, is, you know, in the, the uh, tax commissioner's letter, you know, one thing referenced there was that, you know, some of the costs are because of the drying up of COVID funds. You know, school districts, some school districts did not do this in a good manner where, you know, they went and started programs that now need funding to continue. Uh, you know, but other school districts, they put this into infrastructure and things that are not an ongoing cost for them but you know every school district or every uh, citizen is paying for things across the state uh, for education okay what's your question so, for dave because we've got other callers lined up so how how do you propose that we address the school budgets uh when we do not have the control over it and the state is a bigger driver of the increases there all right. Sure. Well, a couple of things. The, the health care costs are actually part of, I think you know this as well, part of the negotiations with your local union. So um, that's, that's partly state. It's partly local and, and uh, with those negotiations. But, uh, no, there's no doubt uh, that some of those things are true. I, I, don't, um, I don't see going back from the statewide property tax. Uh, which is, as you point out, an, a, a mixture of, of impact from all the budgets across the state. But at the bottom line is, those votes are at the local level. And historically, 93, 95, 98% of those school budgets pass. Uh, people do want to invest in their kids. I will say, I've got issues in the schools. I mean, uh, I don't know why we let kids have as much, and this is a little bit unrelated to taxes, but... Kids have cell phones in schools. They're not learning like they used to learn. Um, so they're also not getting out of it what they need to. And so then we augment that with extra uh, teacher's aides and other things where, you know, I, I, have, I have a curiosity about phones in schools, and, and that's – I don't know if other people agree with me about that. But, um, no, at the state level, I would say that the overall health care costs, whether it's private or schools, are, are going up at ridiculous rates. And I'm quite sure many of your listeners are going to disagree with me on this one, but, you know, I do prefer a universal health care system. We spend more per person in this country by many, many thousands of dollars per year uh, than all the Western European countries that have very good health care systems. 
where very good health outcomes, often better health outcomes than we have. So you're right. Some of it's state, some of it's federal on a bigger scale, but uh, I'm not sure whether that caller would want to go the direction I'd want to go with that uh, to make it actually rein it in and get better health outcomes. All right, well, we got to take a quick two-minute break. We're talking with Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman. Uh, McKenzie Country Classic Hotline is open and hot. This is The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk, WVMT. We are back on The Morning Drive with Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman and the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888-414-0303, and we'll get right to your calls in just a minute, but I have a question I need to get to today. Two parts. I'm going to start with the easy part first, I think. Shaking Dave, in my boots. Shaking in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, how big of an issue do you think um, car theft, automobile theft is? We've seen it go way up in the last couple of years in Burlington, South Burlington. I know for sure other places as well, I believe, but particularly in cities in, in Chittenden County. Uh, how big of an issue do you think that is? No, uh, there are a lot of crime issues that are significant, and that's certainly one of them. And in fact, uh, my house got uh, broken into uh, a few, well, now it's about a month ago. Uh, not broken into, they just walked in because we, we left things unlocked because we live out in the country, you know. So that used to be the norm, and now it's, uh, now it's not. Uh, so, you know, this is, uh, this is an issue all the way around, and I know that a couple of those kinds of cars, whether it's Hyundai or others, have some sort of glitch that make it particularly easy. But, you know, crime, there's no doubt. Crime is up, and it's not just Burlington, so it's not just the defund the police uh, rhetoric that people talk about. It's up across the state. We have, uh, you know, fewer people in law enforcement, just like we have fewer people in home building, and we have fewer people on working on farms. There's a, there's a workforce shortage. And, uh, you know, these are challenges. There's no doubt about it. It's not good. Okay. And so there's Andy Voda and Jane Odell and others worked on a letter about public safety they presented to the city council just recently with a myriad of ideas. And one of them was dealing with car theft because we've heard from this Chittenden County prosecutor that she can't prosecute these automobile thefts. So they're calling for um, that there be a new statute uh, that it would be uh, that they want the legislature to create a grand theft auto law rather than operating without owner's consent, which has seemed to be the problem in regard to prosecution. Sure. Do you support that idea, and would you advocate for it as lieutenant governor? Uh, I hadn't seen the letter, so I'd have to look at it in more detail before I absolutely support it, but I don't know why I wouldn't. Uh, but seems like a, certainly an idea worth exploring. I, I just, having not read it, I can't say yes and no to something I haven't read. But it uh, seems like it's worth exploring for sure. All right. That's good to hear. Okay. I think we got to do something because it's through the roof. Yeah. 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 And, and you know what, what is kind of funny out of this whole thing is we're, we're discovering what the laws are on the books. We always just thought stealing a car was illegal. Technically, it's not as illegal as we right. always thought it was. Well, and you know, not if the owner gives consent. I mean, I, I, I'm no fan of just you know uh, destroying people's property, whether it's with graffiti or uh, harming you know someone's business. I mean, I run a small business. I know how hard it is to get everything done and keep your place looking good. Uh, I recognize, you know, when if your car is stolen, well, that means you're not getting to work the next day. Uh, and it's a huge investment for the average person. So 
you know, people, there, there's been a loss of uh, respect for uh, people's private property. And, and I don't know, you know, we can certainly increase penalties and, and, uh, and punishments. Whether that will stop or fix that, I don't know. What we need to also be doing is getting back to just respect for people's property. Uh, some, some of these ills are social ills that um, have to be shifted with our social mindset, as well as, you know, looking at the law enforcement side. Because the thing is, we still only have so many prison beds. It still costs us 80 grand a year, 65, 80 grand a year to incarcerate someone. So that's the balance is how do you figure out a way to do it without also bankrupting us, whether it's your school bills or your prison. I think we spend like 180 million, something like that. But there's got to be, but but there's got to be consequences, Dave, right? To all these things. I mean, if there aren't, the, the, the bad behavior just continues and gets worse. Right. But then what are those consequences, right? How much are you willing to pay for those consequences? That's, that's the question, just like with school budgets, right? We want good schools. How much are we willing to pay? Those, these are the, that's politics. That's what governance is, that, is having those debates and discussions. Right. I want to go back to one, something you said, Dave, a minute ago, which was you talked about this uh, defunding of the police. And I know you don't like that term. But it seemed like you were minimizing the the issue of the fact that we have less police and that we've lost a lot of police officers. And Burlington has, at some point, lost forty percent of them. When you compare it to, oh, everybody's going through that kind of thing in the workforce. It's a people are seeing the results of sure. less police officers in Burlington, and they don't like well, it. They're seeing the results of a combination of fewer police officers on the street. They're seeing the results of kicking kicking people out of temporary housing, which is why you now have a lot more people on the street. You're seeing the results from uh, the ramifications of the OxyContin scourge that has led to this incredibly horrific uh, drug situation. Uh, you know, so I am putting things in context that some of it is local, like the Burlington vote and the and the decrease in the number of law enforcement, but it's also a lot of other factors that are not unique to Burlington, and that's why I was putting it in the context of law enforcement around the state has been, you know, troubled to fill its slots. All right, Dave, we're going to try to get to one more call before we're out of time. Okay. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Morning, gentlemen. Uh, Just one thing, as far as cutting costs, uh, maybe we ought to bring the death penalty back since, uh, you know, the guy who macheted his wife to death, that's kind of a, a cut and dry, you know, murder slash whatever, and then, you know, crimes like that, there's no need for these people to still be around. Uh, there's no other uh, victims of their crimes, things like that. So that's just one small facet toward the right direction. All right, what, do you, what do you think about that, Dave? Senator Vihovsky said in here the other day that there is no person that's irredeemable whatever they do. You agree with that? Well, uh, well, what I will say is I'm not for bringing the death penalty back. Even if it's uh, cost-cutting? I'm sorry. Well, I didn't mean but to do so you, I, I wanna yeah, do, I'm do you think, I mean, we're almost out of time, but Senator Vyhovsky said no matter what you do, murder or whatever, you are still, you're not irredeemable. Do you agree with that? Well, I don't know that you should necessarily be out on the streets, but that doesn't mean whether you're redeemable or not. I do, there, it's very clear when people do something like that, there is something deeply flawed and wrong the question is what caused that you know is it is it mental health is it life trauma is it is it something that happened to you at some point in your life 
And, you know, there are a lot of programs around the state and around the country. You know, I'm not saying an axe murder or a nice cleaver person is ever going to be able to be back out on the street. Uh, but there's a lot of folks who are incarcerated that we are doing a terrible job of making it so that they can return to society and be productive. There are actually some great uh, programs. I was just learning about one in Illinois when I was at this lieutenant governor meeting, uh, really working to give people uh, home building skills. And the recidivism rate in that group dropped from 50% down to about 5%. So if we just say there's things people are irredeemable for, and we don't really look at each case on an individual basis, then I think we're doing ourselves as much harm. All right, Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman, as always, thanks for being on the morning drive today, and happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Well, thank you, happy holidays, and I hope uh, Rich Haskell's voice uh, feels better in the next day or two. That's that's rough to hear. And I don't want to see you again until next year. (laughs) Well, fair enough. It's mutual. I I only say that because we won't see you again until next year. (laughs) Well, we might bump into each other on the street, but I appreciate it all the well. we we got to have a good time. Thanks, guys. There you go. Thanks, thanks as always. Uh, All right. Thank you very much, sir. Bye-bye. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with ABC News. Rich has the uh, headlines, and we've got the forecast for you. And then we're going to talk to uh, Scott Detweiler from the uh, Vermont National Guard. Keep it right here on News Talk WVMT.